0: To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, WRFALP.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465.
1: And again, you're listening to Community Matters. Following the budget address, we had Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell in studio to give us more details about what is included in his proposed spending plan. We're joined by County Executive P.J. Wendell in our WRFA studios today to talk about a lot of things, mainly to talk about the proposed 2024 budget. So... County Executive, thanks for coming in.
0: Well, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.
1: So last night, as I, I, we were talking beforehand, I think this is the first time I've heard a budget presentation that actually got applause. That that is not typical, and uh, many budgets that I've you know experienced either in person or you know after the fact, at least in Chautauqua County over the last twenty some years. So. Tell, tell us why it's such, it was such great news to the legislature last night.
0: Well, I think if you look at where we are, a lot of us that have been focused the last couple of years, and again, since I've been executive, but prior to that, even as a member of the legislature, we're always looking at our budget and what can we do for our residents? Uh, when you look at you know the, this overall spending plan, yes, the increase in the levy, um, a lot of that is dictated by you know New York State. And you know, an interesting comment today was you know I'm complaining about you know the state mandates. Everyone's complaining about state mandates. Uh, as executives across the state, we are overly concerned with the mandates being forced down on counties, and, and not only you know executives, but you know uh, county administrators, business managers, and counties. All share the same sentiment. These unfunded mandates from the state are just becoming so burdensome. Marty Sowerbury from Tioga County, ninety-seven percent of their budget goes towards unfunded to the to the mandates. So, again, we're going to get through it. I mean, we deal with this. That's how we who we are. But you know, who wouldn't be excited about the lowest tax rate since nineteen eighty-two? Uh, You know, the the levy went up again under the tax cap. When you look at inflation increasing 6.26%, the levy only went up 2.65%. Uh, again, showing that we're, we're staying under the rate of inflation and the cost of doing business, you know, whether it's, you know, our, our blacktop cost, our prevailing weight. There's so many things that factor in that are out beyond our control. You know, the cost of goods and services alone, you know, Medicaid increases, you know, the governor withholding um, federal funding that's supposed to come to us. All these things play into a part of what we have to do to raise taxes. So we're cognizant, you know, I stand by that. We're always thinking about the cost to county taxpayers, always. That's the first thing we think about. You know, listen, it's it's almost a catchphrase. Local share, you know, what's the local share? What's the local share every time a committee talks? And that's what is the direct impact to our taxpayers? So I'm excited, you know, we're providing more services, enhancing services, and yet bringing that at a lower cost to our residents. That's, I think, what's most important. The legislature, and yeah, I think one of the reasons it, it, you know, caused the for the applause was we all anticipated myself included there would be a tax rate increase i really was very leery of that coming into this year you know there'd be a tax i think you
1: meant a tax decrease
0: Uh, no we were concerned there would be an increase going into last year we were really so that's why when they came down 89 cents you probably would have knocked me over with a feather because the anticipation, and most of us on, on you know the finance side, we said, well, look at inflation. Look at where we were last year. But, man, the, the inflation has just been crippling. Mandates are hitting us. We have a 53rd Medicaid payment, withholding of EFMAP, all these things. We have reconciliations that haven't taken place for Medicaid in years. What are we going to do? And when it came out this year, and really, it, it's, a, it's also pivotal of what I've been saying, we're doing it right here in the county people want to say well the people are leaving people but people are coming here people are buying homes the value the equalization rate increased the value of our homes went up 16% this year alone market is a, a good year is 4% 16% four times the expected increase that means the houses are selling for more than they're assessed at because it used to be the old you know argument, my house is assessed at X number, but I can't sell it for that. Now your house is assessed at a number, and you could sell it for more in many cases. That's what we're seeing. People are investing in Chautauqua County. So I'm excited for the, the budget, but it is gonna be a tight. i talked to budget or, uh, department heads yesterday, prior to the meeting. And you know, I have a monthly meeting with all my department heads and I said, it's going to be tight. We're tightening the belt. Although, you know, we do see increases, it's still a very tight budget, and we're going to hold people accountable. So, my group knows you have to roll up your sleeves, and next week is going to be, you know, how how the, the legislature moves forward. You know, the comment was, I produced a 30-cent 30 30 tax rate. You know, the legislature found more reduction. That's great if that's what they can do. Um, but I'll tell you, we went over this with a fine-tooth comb, and there really isn't much more. Um, that that we really could dive into. So uh, I'm looking forward to the you know the, the budget hearings, if you will. Looking forward to you know what, what the legislature uh, can do for us and for the residents. But I think it's a great spending plan. I really do. And uh, you know we're gonna you know hold ourselves accountable. And, and I again, you look at fund balance increase. You know we have had you know unique uh, one time reconciliations, the tribal compact. Uh, was part of that over the last couple of years. Our sales tax revenue has, uh, you know, been generating a great deal of, of uh, revenue. But <clears throat> I think what's, you know, what's important to talk about too is, in 2022, we brought in 4.5 million dollars in our tax foreclosure sale. We made money for the first time in many, many years. And last year, the governor and the legislature—nope, take it away from you. That was a federal you know, a federal ruling by the state, the Supreme Court that any profits goes back to the homeowner. So we're giving the money back to the people who couldn't pay their taxes for the last three years. Sounds a little ridiculous, but nonetheless, um, that's the law, so we have to go with it. And you know, that's a hit to the budget, $4, $4 million. We're gonna move forward. You know, I, I, I've got a, you know, a great group of department heads, we have great leadership in the county, and I'm excited for what the future brings.
1: Getting into some meat and potato numbers, as they may say. Um, one of the things that came up when we we've talked about the fund balance. You talked about wanting to maintain, I think you said it was quote between five and fifteen percent. There's a level you want to keep the fund balance at. Where is the fund balance now as you project it and how much of how much did you use toward this budget?
0: We if if my numbers were correct, I think we started um or at the end of last year we were at about fifteen point eight percent. Which is relatively high. I know some of the legislators spoke that even twelve percent was considered. We were considering that high. Uh, Right now, the numbers come out at about thirteen point six percent, thirteen point eight. Really don't like that. I'll drop it down to twelve point nine. I just don't like the number thirteen. I'm superstitious. Uh, But you know, it is a healthy fund balance. When when I first became a legislature legislator, you know that fund balance was, you know, under a million dollars. So looking at what we've done, you know, we've increased it 25.25 million. Uh again, not all attributed, you, know, you know, there have been, you know, tribal compact settlements, other settlements that have come to the county, but you know, for the most part, you know, we've been very successful in our budgeting and also, you know, we've we've had we've had, you know, support with sales tax revenue. You know, online sales tax is something that was new during COVID in 2020 it went into effect. So we are seeing dividends. So um, you know, I'm excited about, you know, where we are going forward. The fund balance is a very strong position. Uh, you know, I talk about strong financial stability going forward, and that's what we're going to maintain. And, and our, our projection through 2028 maintains that level. If nothing, absolutely no money goes into fund balance with what, how we're using it right now will be at 11.8% in 2028, which is still, you know, high and, and one of those areas where, you know, the legislature was okay with, but some felt maybe a little too high.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's part of that was that five-year financial plan. Correct. That you, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And with sales tax, I, I remember things. You, you the uh, budgets have been conservative on sales tax because of whatever unknowns that yeah. were out there. Are you projecting an increase to sales tax revenues for 2024?
0: We are. Uh, you know, we're we're going in line. You know, a little bit closer than that to the comptroller's uh, position, but but again. It, You know, if you project, you know, a 6%, 6 6.5% increase and it falls short at 6%, you got to make that revenue up because you're expected to have that. So that's something that concerns us. I like, you know, we're looking at this from a perspective of, yes, we need to increase our sales tax revenue because we are seeing, you know, more coming in than it was budgeted. But we need to do that conservatively. You know, we can't just say, and you look at, you know, most budgets, well, increase revenue because expenses went up. Well, if you can't meet that revenue, and, and many departments prior to becoming county executive, that was a ma- the mantra. Well, just increase revenue to balance your, your expense. But you haven't met that revenue, you know, you haven't met, the A level now you want to raise it to the B level just to balance it doesn't make sense that's that's not proper budgeting so I hats off to our our department heads who have you know really focused on their budgeting making sure that they're staying within their means and we've you know focused and prided ourselves on that structurally structurally balanced budget. So again, we're gonna use that mantra as we move forward, structurally balanced. We're also looking at keeping that strong financial stability because again, we wanna be prepared for something, should something happen, we're in a position where we're not gonna see a dramatic increase to our taxpayers.
1: Mm-hmm. So are you looking at doing like a 5% increase for sales tax for, from last, for, I guess from this year?
0: I, the number off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Not, not as drastic as 5%. I think it went up two and two and a half percent. Uh, and we're, right now we're right at about budget for sales tax. You know what is going to be unique, and we talked about it after the meeting last night. You know, we people think it's kind of silly. You know, they, they, and I'm not sure the position a lot of people take, but you know, we have this solar eclipse taking place next April, and when you talk to people where this has happened in other places, there has been an economic boom that weekend. So, what will we see? You know, April, you know, fifth through the eighth. We're looking at that, but that's a one-time thing, right? That's a once in hundred and twenty-five year phenomenon. So we can't bank on that moving forward. But you know, the, the belief is, you know, when we're looking at hotels and motels, occupancy tax, well, if occupancy taxes increase, so is sales tax increase. And that's just on hotel rooms, Airbnbs, and bed and breakfast. Now you couple with you know buying food, purchasing goods in Chautauqua County, all that should see a, a, a sharp increase. But it's a one-time event, right? So we have to focus on that. We can't just bank and say, "Okay, last year, you know, sales tax revenue increased ten percent." It did, but you have to be mindful because that. Remember, we had that special event. So those are the, the the things we're looking at. You know, Kitty Crow and our our finance director, uh, she's award-winning, right? She's been part of three plus one. She's also we're one of the founding members of the municipal trust, uh, which is now a, a trust fund across the New York State where municipalities and school districts can invest money their cash on hand and make that money work for them so much like Nymer started 30 years ago with a municipal insurance reciprocal we're looking at municipal trust for counties municipalities to make money on their money uh, at a higher yield than what you would get say you put into a you know a cd or other money market funds so we're excited about that it's a great opportunity uh you know i, I trust kitty crow and her financial you know planning uh but again uh you know, I look back to, you can't predict everything, right? My first budget, you know, I was criticized. Chuck Nazara, listen to Chuck, and Chuck's a great friend and really a great financial mind when it comes to our budgets. And, you know, I said, listen to Chuck, and, and you know, we got a budget less for sales tax revenue. And, wow, who would have thought what would have happened with sales tax during COVID? But, you know, those are little things. We, we are going to do the best we can. But things are going to happen that really we can't predict who's going to buy what. Uh, you know, in the next year, we're hoping though that you know we're seeing a steady increase. We're seeing you know you know people having more money in their pockets and spending more in Chautauqua County. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, those dividends will come back to county residents.
1: Mm-hmm. Mentioning uh, <coughs> occupancy tax, you mentioned that you know usually it kind of it goes hand in hand with sales tax. But with occupancy tax, are you seeing uh, in terms are you meeting budget with where you had? We're for 2023 so far. I mean, obviously we have another quarter still to go for the year, but are you looking at increasing that amount that you're projecting for 2024?
0: We are. We're looking at increasing those numbers, right? So, you know, coming into this year, if you look at what, you know, what's our biggest economic driver, the lake, anticipation. Well, what's the lake going to be like? It was a great year. Uh, Multiple factors played into it. A lot of things we're doing are working. We're seeing those dividends pay off. So You know, we never know. Is it going to be a rainy season? You know, what's going to happen, you know, next year? But when you look at private investments, you've got Hideaway Bay Glamping up in uh, right along Lake Erie in in Silver Creek. Phenomenal facility they're putting in. Buffalo Trace, excuse me, Bison Trace. I want to make sure I get it wrong. Uh, Get it right. because Bison Trace is a, or Buffalo Trace is a whiskey, but it's Bison Trace Luxury Camping. Beautiful facility in Finley Lake area. And wow, they're knocking it out of the park with with reservations. You know, who would have thought in 2023 you could stay in a covered wagon? And spacious. I mean, four of us were in that covered wagon and there was plenty of room. But those types. And then the White Inn. Investing. You know, Steve St. George and his partners moving forward on that project just... Those are three areas that we have not seen occupancy tax from in the past. So now we increase those areas, not to mention Airbnbs, other uh, you know, short-term rentals. We just have a great opportunity right now to capture that revenue. And one of the things I want to talk about today after I leave here, I'm going to the, the Visitor's Bureau meeting. And how do we expand uh, you know, Chautauqua County? When I was in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, where my family, my mom's family is from, I saw ads for Buffalo, New York. You know, why can't Chautauqua County start to expand its its marketing and looking to other parts of New York State or other parts of, of the region or the country? You know our own piece of, of you know, uh, paradise or whatever, you know, there's great minds that can come up with a phrase, but how do we start expanding and taking the natural resources we have here in the beauty of Chautauqua County and exposing it to the world? You know, the institution is a great place and, you know, and more and more residents within the institution are renting, you know, short-term rentals for their property. So we're seeing a lot of excitement in Chautauqua County. Occupancy tax is, you know, a big benefit. now going back to, again, my proposal, I think we're falling a little short. You know, our occupancy tax is 5%. Most areas across the state in bigger tourism-driven areas rely on a county fund and also a municipality. For example, a city would add another percentage. Uh, One case, you know, Lockport, Niagara County has a 5%. The city of Lockport has a 5% occupancy tax. So, again, you know, we we. The Legislature didn't feel that was a step they wanted to go and take, and I, I get it. I understand. there was a lot of pushback from residents. But again, looking at you know what we have here around Chautauqua Lake, some great investments. I know there's cottages that are for rent, uh, you know all around Chautauqua Lake. Uh, you know, Rose Stage has an area. There's another woman right along 394 uh, in the town of Chautauqua. They've got beautiful, you know, cabins, uh, campgrounds. I mean, we have campgrounds all over in Chautauqua County. So, yeah, occupancy tax is great. I think it's we're seeing an increase, and in the investment, the private investments being made, we're going to see more in the in the future.
1: And I asked about occupancy tax because um, I think three percent or two percent. Of the funds? Now, it, it just changed with the state, so you'll have to help correct me here. There's a percentage of the occupancy funds that goes to lakes and waterways, and you and so there's if you're saying there's going to be more occupancy taxes, that's going to say, okay, we have more money for lakes and waterways, and you even put a million dollars in your budget to go toward the six lakes in Chautauqua County.
0: Correct. So a little way I remember it, though, Julia, and you... I always try to th- remember ways that'll help me. It's H2O water, so 2% H2 goes to the water. So 2% of our occupancy tax goes to lakes and waterways. And yes, um, Assembly Goodell did put language in that focuses more on in lake and in water treatments uh, as compared to some, you know, we've invested a lot in the watershed. Very vital, very valuable. We need to do that, but the focus is going to be uh, on some more of our in lake uh, maintenance. Uh, so, yes, it will provide more. Provide more for travel and tourism and provide more for our, our lakes and waterways. The unique piece, as you mentioned, is a million dollars of fund balance we're putting towards lake maintenance. I talked to Dave McCoy, and we've talked about this all along. You know, people have said, well, you're looking at whether it was the occupancy tax increase or you know the boat user fee increase, what are the actual dollars? We have those dollars. We put those out. Um, right now in our lake projects that have been scored and graded by the alliance we're there's a gap of about $425,000 that that there and I forget the exact number of projects but those extra projects could be funded if we had the funding now what i'm looking at with that million dollars is not to be spent in one year and we're going to revolve we're going to put 1 million every year the idea behind that is the last two years, we've needed extra maintenance at the end of the lake lake cleanup. So now we could say, okay, we need $50,000, $75,000 for postseason, right when we anticipate the season would end, to maintain the lake for another month. Okay, we can apply, we can get that money you know, right from that lake maintenance fee because it's for in-lake maintenance you know, work. Also, you know, these other projects. So let's say next year we use 250000 Okay, good. So now we have 750 left. And the key to that was there's no fiscal year limitation. So now it goes back to the legislature. Do we want to keep it at 750 Do we want to just hold tight for a year, see what comes in, what projects can we fund, what things are out there? Or do they say, hey, okay, we want to put 250 back into that, that, that fund. So there's a lot of flexibility. It's not saying we have to spend all million dollars in one year. But again, it's the money is there so... You know, we know what we can do with it. We know where the needs are right now. And I'm excited about that because, you know, we're taking a step. The county's taking a step forward. uh, And the support, you know, the the key is now, will the legislature keep that in and and support that? Uniquely enough, that does not have an impact on the tax rate. Um, But I think that's a very solid start as we go forward. And i'm excited about the opportunities you know we haven't heard anything from finley lake or castle Legate lake but are there projects that they would like to you know undertake that really they thought that they wouldn't qualify for you know there wasn't funding for so we're looking at all six lakes we're looking at opportunity to you know share you know because finley lake brings in a great deal of revenue as well um, obviously somewhat masked by chautauqua lake and overshadowed but still nonetheless a beautiful area a lot of uh, i saw i was at a Perform my first wedding at Peak and Peak, which is right there. People go down to Friendly Lake and enjoy the lake. So, really excited. A uh, lot of opportunity. This this budget is just exciting because of so many opportunities, and we're doing it all within means. We're not, you know, raising taxes for our taxpayers.
1: Mm-hmm. Going going back, just like one last point on the this million dollar on bet, you know would stretch beyond the 2024 budget year is that a fund that could be leveraged as like matching or for grants if, if the organizations were going out for grants
0: certainly you know that those are great opportunities as well so you know we we put that there and we're not sure exactly uh we know it's needed but we just don't know sure how beneficial that that's going to be uh again you know if there's a project that, that needs fifty thousand matching funds it's a lake maintenance project you know we go through there's an application that the alliance has already created we'll go through the scoring process with the alliance and we'll get that you know project in the queue and look to you know how how can we fund it in the future the, the piece about it is that's most you know that i'm confident is right now we have four hundred twenty five thousand dollars worth of projects um, that people applied for that they feel are very necessary and projects that the alliance felt were necessary as well. Didn't score as high, so they're ranked a little bit, they're, they're ranked lower than other projects, but there is a need there. So we are gonna do our diligence. We're not just saying every project gets the funding, but we are gonna do our due diligence. We're gonna make sure that those projects are beneficial, uh, that there is gonna be a cost benefit toward them and realistically, you know, looking at improving our lakes across Chautauqua County. Mm-hmm.
1: We talked about, I think revenues, I always say are the fun things. Now we're gonna talk about expenditures and you touched um, quite a bit on, you know, the unfunded mandates being a big big part of this uh, the budget any year given year, I you probably could say going back decades in, for the county budget. Um, but what are some of the other things that are, are leading the expenditures, I mean, besides maybe the Medicaid?
0: Well we're looking at Medicaid costs. You know, our, you know Medicare medical care for incarcerated individuals. What people don't realize is if you are out, you know, you're not incarcerated and you're on Medicaid for example, those funds are covered by the state. Now, those same people are incarcerated, now that's fully on the county's dime. There is no reimbursement for that. You know, and I I go back to when I was a legislator, Uh, we had back when our numbers were in the 300s. So think about it right now. Our inmate population, excuse me, incarcerated individual populations, about 175, give or take, put that up to 300. And what we're finding is our people are coming in sicker. And more unhealthy than ever before so that cost let's say you know we want changes to bail reform okay now all of a sudden that incarcerated level goes up to 300. I would guarantee you that the cost of medical services is going to double that's another million dollars added into our budget so again that's a nationwide problem can we say why is it when you're on the county in the county jail, you're on the county dime. Any other time, you're back to federal and state, you know, uh, programming. So, that needs to be something we look at on a federal level, but also here on a state level. Uh, you know, those are some of the things we look at. Uh, most recently, 18B, our attorneys' fees. You know, that went up to 158 dollars an hour from 75 dollars an hour, doubling. But that's not the assigned counsel fee that I talked about last night that increased 900 thousand dollars. You know, our attorney costs in New York State are going up exponentially. Uh, There's fewer attorneys, so we have more conflict. What that means is if an attorney has represented you in a civil suit, let's say it's a divorce or a child custody suit, now you're, you're incarcerated and now you need a public defender. Well, if that guy that you're assigned or the woman that you're assigned as a public defender was on the other side of the table, you know, in a in another lawsuit, that's a conflict. So now we have to send that back. You can't use the public defender. You have to use the signed counsel that we have to pay that rate. and those rates are increasing. This is a problem we had for many, many years. We thought we had it under control, but due to the lack of attorneys across the state and the country we're seeing more and more increase to assigned counsel. The 18B uh, is another piece where, you know, that's the the technicality of that, um, I I have to find the terms, but the bottom line is that cost was about $75 an hour, now it's $158, it's doubling. So what do we do, right? You know, that, that cost is going up. Another piece that's out there is, you know, if somebody is brought in and by the state deemed to need a mental health evaluation, and they're hospitalized, that's all on the county dime. That's a seven, uh, what they call a 730 evaluation. That's the county pays for it. And the state tells you how long you have to sit there. Oh, it's gonna take two weeks for the, well, we pay that cost out of pocket for two weeks. That's a growing expense. That number has doubled in the last year. <coughs> As a member of the NISEC board, we did have put that into a resolution, asking the state for more help on that going forward. But I was also told it's not only the, the, the 730 evaluation but also the follow-up care that has to go on with that which is that's another big bigger expense Um, so that isn't you know reimbursable but you know all those things not to mention you know the let's face it the cost of materials you know Road salt. Well, I'll take it back. Road salt we found surprisingly went down last year, next year. Go figure, right? Um, but you know things like blacktop and pipe and other equipment that we need to provide services. Not to mention the cost of paper, uh, those types of things. There's different things increasing, so we are looking at means you know much more electronic you know transactions with the county. But, you know, going forward, there's just, you know, expenses on every end. It just seems that it, it hits you and, you know, how can you dial it in? It's just the overall cost of doing business. You know, everything is increasing. Fuel costs go up. Uh, you know, our, our labor rates went up, right? We foc- We just created or just signed a new contract. So really excited because we're focusing on our employees. We're making it more competitive for people to work for the county uh, as compared to the private sector. So. A lot plays into it, but you know, health insurance, our, our our retirement reimbursement went up considerably last year. Healthcare costs are rising. You know, Doctor Falk talked about it yesterday. You know, we have high deductibles, but still, those costs are growing exponentially every year. It's unique in New York State, actually, in the United States. We are the only state in the world, country in the world, that allows pharmaceutical companies to run ads for their product. If you look at Ozempic and some of these big major drugs that are out there. Look at that price tag five twelve thousand dollars a month. Wow, that's great. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put an ad on there and say, hey, this is what I think I need for my whatever ailment, and go to the doctor. You know that has to be paid for, and that's you know if you have good insurance, that's who's gonna cover it. But those insurance costs are then reflected back, you know, in your premiums. So there's a you know it's kind of a revolving door, but we need to focus on all of that, and those costs continue to go up and they continue to rise. Um, but as I said, you know what's there's a lot that's uncontrolled uh, within the county, but as you saw in the budget, the areas we are able to control, we control very well, and we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to look for savings, and you know how do we save money now and into the future, and that's our goal. You know, again, like I said before, efficient, effective county government, financial stability in the long term, and you know, always keeping in mind what's in the best interest of our county residents.
1: Mm-hmm. Capital projects. There's always a a huge wish wish list, which is, you know, controlled by the uh, county planning board. You know, they make their recommendations. What are you looking at? What are you looking at, you know, supporting as for capital projects in your proposed budget?
0: So we we do have, you know, obviously, we saw touched on some of the things over 600 and some miles of roads. That's Milling, you know, grinding up, replacing it, grinding up and using new processes. We're able to recycle that material, putting it back down, you know, with other with new processes, Uh, bridge uh, replacements, culvert replacements. Uh, We did have an investment in JCC. And, you know, I want people to be aware, um, you know, we are cognizant, but the the stadium project is not part of that. Um, capital projects. I don't know why it was mentioned. I think today in the, today's paper they mentioned that, that that is not part of next year's capital projects. Um, but we're making investments in our own facilities. You know, we have areas and buildings that need to, need attention. Uh, there's going to be a project coming forward. Um, some things that I'm looking forward on. We'll touch on that in my state of the county address. But. Um, you know, capital expenditures were, you know, equipment replacement in county, uh, the DPF uh, upgrades to our shops, uh, Sheridan Shop needs a considerable upgrade uh, across the board. Uh, although it's a fairly new building, there have been some, you know, our, our uh, some of the doors have, you know, started to rust through causing problems. Uh, the parking lot hasn't been taken care of in several years, so that's something we're focused on as well. Uh, Upgrades to our CHQ Transit, you know, upgrading our buses as we move forward. Those buses, you know, become outdated and and run down. We buy new ones and, you know, get them into the fleet. Uh, Again, investments into JCC, focusing on investments into emergency services. Um, you know, we have an SCBA, self-contained breathing apparatus, uh, fill station. That, and the original compressor was one donated by the Lakewood Fire Department many years ago. And it's, you know, well outlived its lifespan. So, you know, we need to, you know, focus on training and making sure that equipment is there for our firefighters countywide. Uh, but there's so many, there's, there's a lot of other investments, you know, our I, investments in IT, Uh You know, our our county systems across the board, county facilities, we made investments into our buildings and structures. So uh, a lot going on. You know, again, that wish list is about 40 some items. Uh, It gets whittled down, you know, basically on, you know, what's what I look at is, you know, ROI, biggest bang for our buck, right? So you know, one of the one of the projects. Uh, you know, the total cost is over a million. The cost, you know, from the county is two hundred nine thousand. Significant, right? Two hundred thousand dollars is a quarter. Less than a quarter of of what the total cost. A wise investment, uh, moving forward. So we're looking at you know ways to enhance and and how do we use that money, and to. I always focus on, how is it going to be reflected back onto the taxpayers? Are there services? Are there uh, areas we can provide for taxpayers or our employees as well? Employees are our taxpayers, right? So we need to focus on all those things. But, you know, I look at what's the most most economical and, you know, what is the most feasible for us and where are we going to see a return and benefit uh, to our county taxpayers. Mm
1: -hmm. And just to go back, because you you did mention it, uh, but the Proposed multi-athletic sports field turf field project at at Jamestown Community College that that uh, the college has been working on, and we've had in the news quite a bit over the last couple of months. That's not in this proposed budget.
0: No, it's not. There's there's a lot of unanswered questions. You know, I've been in contact with the college. In fact, tomorrow there's a. Another meeting at Jamestown Community College that I'll be attending, not specifically on that topic, but it's something that we talk about quite often. Uh, there's a lot of you know different pieces with that and a lot of questions that have to be answered. So um, you know we're, it's still there. you know I know the county is committed to assisting the college in you know a, a future endeavor with you know the stadium, but what that looks like exactly there's some I mean physically, you know the physical facility is one thing, but you know what does that look like in terms of you know ownership and there's so many other components that are involved behind the scenes, so those those uh those things need to be ironed out before we start to commit and move forward. Uh, so again, it's just doing our due due our due diligence, but keeping in mind we are committed. Um, the county is the sponsor for JCC, so in essence, it's really C4 Chautauqua County Community College, uh, but that's okay. I mean, we're not looking at splitting hairs, but um, at the end of the day, we do, you know, we are the co-sponsor with, with the college, and we want to do what's, what we can to assist, um, but also, you know, making sure that that investment, again, is is a return for the county.
1: Mm-hmm. And as uh, legislative chairman, Pierre Chagnon, told me last night, they will be looking at the budget, having meetings next week, and they plan to have it all wrapped up by the October 25th voting session.
0: That is the key. I, I In all of my years as a legislator and now county executive, I have never been part of a... I'm excited because I I heard these things used to go till you know 1 2 in the morning, you know, a lot of debate back and forth and bickering and battling. But, you know, I think right now we're we've provided a very solid budget. Uh we have a lot of great explanation, a lot of defense if you will from our department heads. Explanations as to how and why and where, you know, why we came up with the numbers they came up with and how they're going to support that and you know, moving forward if there are increases, how are the increases going to be funded? Uh, all of those things play into effect. So when you come with a responsible budget and you provide something like an eighty-nine cent per thousand tax rate reduction, where do you go from there? I mean, do they want to you know, do they want to make it an even 90, 90 cents? Hey, that's fine. Um, you know, that's something to be commending for. Uh, I don't know if you're going to find any more savings. To be honest with you, that that's a pretty 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 lean budget. Um, but you know, nonetheless, there it, you know the legislature do has does have. The authority to go back and make those changes, and uh, you know, one of the things we've talked about and will be discussed with the legislature is if if there are any increases, you have to be very careful because I think uh, we found out we're about nine hundred dollars under the the tax cap, so we're we're right there, we're right under the tax cap. Um, So any increases, you you have to find ways to fund that um, within you know without because we can't just raise increase the tax rate. If you do that, then it exceeds the tax cap, and then we're back to you know we don't have the time you know based on you know the obligations to pass this budget
1: we talked about chautauqua like a little bit because of the budget stuff uh one thing that happened just after you and i chatted at the uh, end of august is that uh congressman nick langworthy came to chautauqua county and he and you had a, a joint meeting with uh stakeholders from around Chautauqua Lake as well as some elected officials and I want to you know I, I watched that and I think I, I did a story on it but I kind of wanted to catch up with you know what are you what do you what do you think came out of that what were some of the, the points that were good or bad
0: Well, I, I think you know overall it was great I think you know the congressman comes down and you know we he and I have a great relationship uh, pick up the phone speed dial for one another any questions comments concerns we reach out immediately but you know, Chautauqua County has been, you know, in the in the media for the last couple of years is, um, you know, a lot of passion regarding the lake. But, you know, when the congressman talked to me, you know, he said he wanted to talk to everybody involved. And uh, I felt getting everybody involved. You know, he said, who should be at the table? You know, our lake organizations, the watershed, the partnership, the Chautauqua Lake Association, elected officials, the Chautauqua Institution, our funders from local not for profits, right? So I brought everybody and let them have the conversation. I didn't say much because that's really that it was for the congressmen to listen to, you know, what's happening at Chautauqua Lake and listen to what's going on. I think it was nothing but beneficial. Uh, There's a lot of good dialogue that took place. We all came out of there. very positive and and I think that's just one it shows that we are able to work one of the things I focused on is the unity of effort Um, I'm going to continue that the unified effort with Chautauqua Lake there's a lot of people that are and, and it was said by you know Mike Latone and he said the real problem is we just fight over the funding you know everybody is so defensive of their position because it relates to funding. So if we had the funding to keep everybody happy, I think we wouldn't be hearing the squabbling that we do. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, if, if you've got so many groups that are that passionate of, about the lake, I think that's great. Uh, you know, I just talked to, to uh, Taylor West from the Alliance. We have a partnership with our Moby Tracks, with the county, with Town of North Harmony, and uh, the watershed with Starry Stonewort. Uh, it's, it's not a weed as, as people would Think it's a weed. It doesn't have roots like others, so it's really challenging to get out of the water. Um, we did get some some herbicide permits to treat a small portion of the area, but a lot of it has to be taken out manually. And we get everybody working together. You know, this is something that you know, irregardless of people saying, you know, putting co- herbicides are a poison. Don't want a poison the lake. Uh, I need herbicides. Can you give me? Can you help me out? Uh, unique caveat to that that those statements, but we look to help, right? And we're going to bring everybody together. That's been my focus, a concerted effort, you know, unified effort in protecting our lakes and waterways and I think we're, I should say, I think we, you know, I've seen that happen and we're going to continue that. So, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, you know, that was an opportunity for the congressman to come in and listen firsthand and hear from the, you know, from the mouths of those working what, what is happening and how we're, you know, we're being involved. And everybody, everybody there was just so thankful that the congressman came down and listened. It was the first roundtable of that, you know, that magnitude that we've had. And I think we came away and, you know, Rick, uh, you know, the congressman knows exactly what our needs are. Uh, he knows, you know, how we can assist. And again, something we're constantly in contact with. And it's great. You know, he, he, the congressman always goes, so what do you need from me? What can I do for you? And it goes from the very first day. You look back to, you know, one of the first events we had together was up in Barcelona. Uh, so really excited. Uh, he, he's involved. No, no different than Tom Reed or any other congressman we've had in the past. But, you know, Chautauqua Lake is such a, a large part. Um, you know, Personally, we were out uh, on a private weekend, he and I, you know, on, on a boat with another friend of ours and just really took the lake in for its enjoyment's uh, sake. But, you know, driving out, I was like, I don't see many weeds. I'm like, yeah, we're not seeing them this year. You know, I, I think, but that's that's a culmination of everybody working together. Uh, Mother Nature played a part, how much we don't know. But I, I like to think that many people have said, whether it's, you know, the increased, you know, sewer that we have around Chautauqua Lake Know, the herbicide treatment, the better management we have there, the management we have with, with harvesting. I think all of it together is playing pay, you know, playing a part and paying off in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, things, you, you mentioned <coughs> as, when, in part of your project discussion some of the things that you, you work with uh, with New York's State Association of Counties, and you've said you've been uh, elected to a new position in there.
0: Yeah, really excited. Uh, I was appointed as a member at large uh, last year. Uh, this year, I replace uh, Dr. Kevin Watkins from Cattaraugus County. I'm now the District 8 representative from uh, NISAC. It's actually the 8th Judicial District. NISAC has divided themselves up following the Judicial District. So there's eight, uh, six or eight counties in Western New York, Erie County, Niagara, Chautauqua, Cattaraugus, that, that I represent. Uh, it's a great voice. You know, People say, well, what does that pay off for Chautauqua County? Uh, you know, it pays off in dividends, and we do have a voice. Concerns we have with the county are being you know, heard. Uh, we're the farthest outposts, as they call us. We're the westernmost uh, you know, outpost of New York State. So, having a voice at the table when we talk about state issues is is critical. NISAC is a huge uh, proponent for state, for the county. Uh, you know, just Tuesday, uh, Executive Director Steve Aquari on Dan McCoy, a great colleague of mine and a good personal friend. I had a meeting with the governor and a lot of the, you know, one of the questions I posed and an option, you know, uh, he actually gave me credit for, uh, my and Dan. But, you know, again, it's just having a good voice and having Chautauqua County at the table. Uh, really excited for the opportunity, but it allows us to see what other people are doing as well. What's happening in other counties and can we bring that back to Chautauqua County? How is that going to benefit us in the long run? Uh, excited it's a six-year term so it means I have my work cut out for me I have to you know actually run again for another you know campaign to make sure I stay there but um, it's good that uh, you know I've been recognized you know by the leadership uh, for you know what I'm able to bring to the table and you know how I'm able to help not only Chautauqua County but you know Erie County Niagara County and others as well so really excited about the opportunity.
1: Is there anything else that you want to bring up? Those things happening around the county? Uh, Yeah,
0: that's right about it right now. I think we've been so focused. uh, You know, I went right from the NYSEC conference back and kind of, you know, put my head down and worked on the budget, you know, focused on that till really the 11th hour. I think we ran through it about a dozen times yesterday. Um, And now, you know, we we look at the budget hearings and making sure we, you know, go over that and, you know, scrutinize it a little bit more and and scrub it down and make sure we have exactly the right, you know, budget going forward. Uh, And after that, now we start. I mean, I tell everybody, once that gets passed in October, I'm already starting to look at what, what takes place next year. Um, you know, we, when I first took office, there was a report done by CGR, Center for Governmental Research, on our footprint, you know, the buildings and offices, we space we have around Chautauqua County. As you know, COVID played a large part in, you know, telework and, you know, how much can we work, you know, in the field, uh, you know, with technology as opposed to having a brick and mortar facility to work out of. So a lot of those things are going to be taken into consideration. You know, we, we put a new building up in Falconer, but there was also supposed to be some, you know, some renovation and demolition of facilities that are there right now. Um we need to look at that. We need to look at, you know, the space. When you're looking at utilizing space, one of the things I found prior to committee meetings being back in the ledge chamber, the ledge chamber was only used by the legislature one time a month. That's a very spacious room to be only used one time a month. And just down the hall, we have two large group meeting rooms that are used maybe, maybe once a day and not even that, maybe you know, maybe two or three times a week. So how can we utilize that space better in hallways? You know, so we've got a, a, a six foot or eight foot wide by 100 feet. You know, that's 800 square feet or better. How can we utilize that space better? So that's what we're looking at moving forward is the vision of our facilities. How can we better, Um, you know, align our our office space? How can we better utilize office space? And again, it goes back to that, you know, my commitment of efficient, effective government. How can we bring efficiencies of, um, you know, collaboration, consolidating, not so much departments, but consolidating office space so everybody works out of one area? Wouldn't it be nice to go into one-stop shop, for, let's say human services where you walk into a facility, you can, you can you know see mental health, you can see public assistance, you can see Medicaid. All these spaces would be in one area so you're not having to go to three different buildings around the county and I think that's something you know, other counties would be envious of. I, I know I talked to you know a good friend in Albany County and his, he almost loses track of the number of buildings they have. <laughs> There's so many of them, right? but, but this I, you know we're focusing more on efficiency for the residents but also efficiencies for cost savings uh, and, you know, effectiveness of delivering our goods and services. So a couple of things looking forward to in the future. I'm excited about what the future brings and happy to be, you know, be here as the leader uh, and the county executive and, you know, look forward to years to come.
1: County Executive PJ Wendell, thanks for joining us today. Uh,
0: Thanks for having me.